It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 133 of the DC Primetime Podcast from the Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Camping Crew cast of pods, I am actually kind of feeling a very, not tired, but I think lethargic rum. I'm right there with you, man. Like, I woke up this morning and I woke up fine, but I just felt drained. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at this morning, too, where I'm just... I think you're going to hear it in both of us. Episode. <laughs> so I think, and I'm not doing the, the show curse, but I, I'm just saying it, we might move, move through things a little bit quicker. There may be a little less conversation today. Maybe. Which I think is okay based on the episodes we got. Week, yeah, because, so. and I was thinking this, I was just thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, we love talking about these shows, but I don't really think there was anything too super exciting that happened no. this week. The really, the really kind of wasn't, um, you know, I think outside of one scene this week, I, or maybe two, I was just kind of like, okay, okay, th- these are superhero shows this week. <laughs> so yeah. That was, that's kind of where I was at this week. Well, I think, I think when it, with me, when it comes to being drained and it's, it's got nothing to do again with, with talking about these shows because we love doing it. But I mean, between this week, like if you go over the course of this week for me, I, I've been to a movie screening, I've been, reaching out to a number of people to set up more interviews for this year. Um, I reached out to some people who potentially were questioning being sponsors for the network. I've been totally overhauling our website. Uh, I've recorded two other podcasts this week. I think I'm just drained from podcasting (laughs) this week. And this just happens to be the tail end of it before. Right. Well, I kind of always look at it like my week feels like it runs Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. And if I include last week's, D, uh, you know, DC primetime, caffeine crew, and this one together, it's like three and three and eight days. And I'm like, I'm, I, I want to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I had, we did, I did caffeine crew with you on Monday. I had the lost podcast on Thursday. Last night, I went to the movie screening during the day and then did like a three hour call with somebody else that night. There's been a ton of progression in ideas for the convention this week. Um, it's just, yeah, there's just been so much that's happened that I'm just kind of feeling like, yeah, this is the tail end of it. Once I get through today, especially considering, and, and we'll, we'll mention this, how there's no Supergirl tonight, uh, or there's no Supergirl this week. Um, it's kind of a breather. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that not only is there no Supergirl tonight or this, this week, but any other shows that are usually on, on Sundays, there's nothing on because nothing wants to compete with the Super Bowl, And I'm not even watching that. So tonight's a good night. Well, 
Sunday night for when you're listening to this, but uh, is a good night for me to just decompress and just not have to worry about anything. Oh God. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, like you said, even if we, as we talked for about 40 minutes before we started recording and I don't think my voice changed much from what you're hearing now, which is kind of like me just struggling to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so like I said, I apologize, especially today. I've been actually just to give everybody a heads up. Um, I, 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 I've been, fight my body a little bit this week with uh my my medical condition so i i will if i it started you can even probably even hear it last week's episode in caffeine crew where i'm slurred my words a little bit so that may uh may happen again here today so eh, no worries uh before we get into the breakdowns though i do want to talk about one thing that we started doing on the facebook page and a couple of people actually did take advantage of it we want to bring it to your attention kind of here at the forefront of the podcast um uh, Going forward, we're actually going to start putting up feedback posts on the Facebook page where you can – and they say spoiler alert, so do not read the comments if you haven't watched the episodes yet. But it's your opportunity as fans on the Facebook page to give us your feedback of the episodes. Uh, we posted one for Supergirl, posted one for Arrow. I posted one for Flash. It was a day late, unfortunately, because I did forget. Uh, I know we did get a couple comments on the Arrow one, a couple comments on the Flash one. Nobody on Supergirl, but that's that was the first one. So people might not have known exactly what they were. And Facebook bearing stuff, too, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So if you're watching the episodes when they happen, just keep an eye out. Usually within 15 minutes to a half hour of the episode ending, I post it, the feedback page. Uh, and I know people get to watch it at different times. So, again, just keep in mind there are potential for spoilers being in the comments. Don't read the comments until you've... Um, until you've already seen the episodes. But if you have any feedback, we want to hear it. And we're going to go to it when we start talking about these episodes as well. So it's it's your opportunity to get your feedback to us and get your voice heard on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, But with that being said, let's go into this week's episodes as we have Supergirl, Arrow, and The Flash to talk about. Uh, first, we'll go through and we will give our one to three point ranking of Sidekick Hero or Legend, starting first with Supergirl Season 4, Episode 11. What do you give this one? Sidekick Hero or Legend? I'm going to make it easy this week. I'm going Hero across the board. This oh, week. OK. Me too. That, that'll just be easy. Done and done. Yep. Supergirl Episode 11, Season 4, Episode 11, Arrow Season 7, Episode 11, and I think Flash is Episode 11. Oh, Flash uh, is Episode 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep, I'm Hero Across the Board as well. Uh, some good stuff that came out of uh, the episodes. Nothing that overly blew me away. Yeah, yeah, pretty so. much. Uh, uh, we can just move on to the news from there. Then. <laughs> wow, this is going to be a shorter episode. Uh, no, no, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> We're going to be here for six hours. Oh, God. All right. So let's go into the episodes and we'll do a little bit of a breakdown. Starting first with, as I mentioned, Supergirl, episode four, season four, episode 11, Blood Memory. Kyra joins Nia on a trick to trip to Nia's hometown to visit her family during the town's annual harvest festival. While home, Nia's mother encourages her daughter to embrace her destiny. Meanwhile, Alex deals with this with a street drug that is turning people violent and giving them temporary superpowers. Uh so I'm, I think there's three different things to kind of break down in this episode. Obviously, we have all the stuff with Nia and uh, Nia's journey towards becoming Dreamer finally on the series. <coughs> Excuse me. Which uh, I actually really liked. I thought that was a really well, well-written, very, you know, strong plot thread this week. I, I, I was that was the thing that actually was tilting me and maybe thinking about 
is this getting closer to legend territory, especially because of the end of the episode, I think they really um, hit some really good points uh, that were on like, kind of like, yeah, nice, nicely written. Well, really the, well, done. well, the one thing I wanted to point out to you that really made me think about you when I was uh, playing it was the fact that, or when I was watching it was the fact of the game that they were playing in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> game uh, night. Yeah. Yeah. And they were playing. Well, do you remember, do you know what game they were playing? Yeah. Exploding kittens. Exploding kittens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is a game that you and I are both familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've never played it ever. I've never played it either, but I know of it. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, it just made me made me laugh, and I'm, it made it reminded me of the game nights that that we have with with our with our group of friends too. So and the whole scene a little bit later with Lena actually um, uh, training for game night, like practicing yeah. for game night, I thought was was a lot of fun too. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy the whole Nia stuff as well. It's probably the highlight of the episode for me as it really, one of the things I do have to say, and it's, we're only two episodes in so far, two or three episodes in the back half. Are we, um, uh, I think it's three. Let's say yes. I I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's three. Um, other seasons have been a little weaker into the back half so far. I actually think the progression of the back half of Supergirl this season has been really good. I think on general Supergirl this entire season has been really good. I, I without without a doubt, I, I don't think this episode ha- uh, this season has let me down at all yet. There hasn't been an episode where I was like, "This is not good." Um, this has been a really this has been the strongest season they've ever had. The, the writing has been top notch, uh, and man, I, I was really very pleasantly surprised on how they are handling Nia's character, which is, shouldn't be a surprise to me at this point. I think they've gotten her down really incredibly well. But I think the dynamic between her and Kara has been playing out fantastic, especially nailed with, you know, the continuation of what happened last week, which Alex no longer remembering that, you know, Kara is Supergirl. And the way that that's playing out is kind of ex- exactly how, how we expected it to play. Uh, but having Nia there now is kind of like the surrogate sister. Yeah. Working really well. Uh, and especially, you know, we get that really strong sequence in the beginning as they're kind of road tripping to, to Nia's hometown. And then she kind of opens up to cars like, was like, well, look, I'm trans. You know, this is just how it is. And, you know, my town and my family have always embraced that. And, you know, they're like, hey, it's OK. It's, it's, they haven't pushed me down for it. Um, and, you know, we find that she's got this great relationship with her parents and her sister. And but then there's this kind of concern and worry that she's like, well, I have these powers that my sister really wanted. So we see that kind of mirror of Alex and Kara um, and having to keep things from from people play out. And then how that kind of blows up for both of them by the end of the episode when Alex's story crosses back into that plot thread. And it was really well handled. But we, we see, you know, if by the end of all the that plot thread, you know, this great sequence of Kara kind of like, you know, talking to, to Nia after, you know, Nia's sister pretty much says, hey, you know what? Uh, you shouldn't have these powers. Only only women are supposed to have these, and you're not a real woman. Like it was the way that it was written, it hurt. Like it was a gut punch. Yeah, you you felt for for her, and especially you got to feel even for the actress because her actually being trans, probably even hearing that played out sometimes in in a moment like that has to has to hit home so hard. Uh, so beautifully acted, beautifully written. Uh, but I loved that sequence of Cara saying you know, pulling off to the side of the road near the end of the episode. It's kind of like, you're not alone. And it was just that great sequence. Like, we don't see it over over the top ridiculous, kind of like flap, to the, uh, flap in the air, come back down, and like, hi, I'm Supergirl. They kept it kind of grounded for 
a, a Supergirl moment. Well, uh, I mean, I she still flew up in the air and, and came back down. But she did. But it wasn't like let's pull open the shirt and see, show the S symbol or something like yeah. that. Like I, I like how it was this kind of like no, we're yes, I have powers here. See, so look, but I'm not coming back down in the suit. All these all these things. So it was interesting to see see that play out the way it did. But I thought it was really beautifully handled. But and, like I said, this was a very high hero episode. Yeah, and and it was also interesting too in that moment where you know Kara removes her glasses and it still doesn't click with Nia who she is. I mean, she's standing in front of her looking exactly like Supergirl, but it isn't until she flies that she realizes who she is. So it, it's kind of one of those things that makes you realize that, okay, Kara could take her glasses off every once in a while, and there's a chance people still might not recognize her. Right. Um, and it kind of plays into the whole, like, you know, glasses on, glasses off. Like, how do people not recognize who these people are and things like that? And and that's perfectly fine. Um, I want to ask you, too, with the moment with, uh, you know, we saw that Nia had a very strong relationship with her sister until it's revealed that Nia has the powers that her sister was anticipating getting. And, uh, you know, the, the whole trans story aside about how you shouldn't have these powers because you're not even a real woman, the sister getting kind of upset that she never told her that she's the one that had the powers. Do we think this is kind of a little bit of foreshadowing as to when Alex finds out again that Kara is Supergirl? I think so. I, I think there's a high chance on that. Um, and, I, you know, I'm curious to see all of that play out. But I mean, like you mentioned, Alex, I guess do you want to jump into the Alex stuff real quick. Yeah, I mean, we can. And that's, you know, it's the whole Alex storyline to me was like we knew that it was going to play out this way. We we had that prediction of it when we saw that this happened. Um, it, it's one of those moments where like even when she says when Alex says to Kara, like, call me Director Danvers. And we can see that there's no connect. She has no idea who who. Supergirl is it's kind of heartbreaking because yeah, uh, these are two feel for Kara throughout this entire episode yeah because these are two characters who we've known for four and a half three and a half seasons to be the probably the closest characters out of this entire cast and now this is the biggest separation between any two characters on the series maybe not the biggest separation but it's it's heartbreaking to watch. Yeah, I mean, again, one of the things we, we always applauded was going back to when we first started the show. Um, you know, Supergirl was, I think, in our very first episode, was it episode nine? Like, ever. Like, season one, episode nine is when we started the show. Uh, I remember it because I, I I had to go back through. I'm like, well, I've got eight episodes I need to watch to be current. <laughs> and it took me, like, six months to do it. Um so, but we've been with these characters' journey for so long, and we have always been like, well, that's the great thing about these characters as a whole is, you know, the the sisterly connection. Uh, John in there is kind of the surrogate father character. All these pieces, which are make up the DNA of the show, um, and it's yeah, you're right. It is heartbreaking to see some of that stuff play out. You're like, wow, this is this is impact is going to be huge. But even just the little things on what makes Alex as a character tick, and we see John kind of go through that, and like without that history of Kara being there with her throughout her entire life, her perspective as a person is completely different. Um, and uh, it's, you know, while she gets along with certain aliens, it, there's, you know, Supergirl and her kind of compassion kind of changes. She's kind of falling more along the ways and the thoughts, not of like one of the children of Liberty, but I mean, it, it's not far off. Yeah. So, well, I think what's interesting about the whole, like last week when we knew that, 
when we saw the the moments where John takes away Alex's memory of of Kara being Supergirl, we knew that this was going to play out in in some moments the way we're seeing so far. And we kind of we had this thought in the back of our head that like, oh, this is going to be great when things go back to normal. We're going to be so happy. And after watching this episode, I don't think that's the case. I think when we finally get to that moment where Alex realizes who Kara is, I think we're going to see a couple things play out. I think, one, we're going to see kind of, as I mentioned, the the tension between Nia and her sister, where Alex is going to kind of resent Kara a little bit for never telling her that she was Supergirl, even though she did know. Or it could play out in a different situation in the fact that Kara... Alex's memories are going to be restored. She's going to remember everything, but she's also going to remember that John lied to her. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to see Alex kind of become more anti-alien. The people that she trusted the most kind of kind they betrayed her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably how we're going to see this play out when this happens. I don't think it's going to be this happy, oh, Alex remembers everything and everything's back to normal kind of situation. I think there's going to definitely be some rifts. That are yeah. going to occur because of this. Oh, I agree with you. And you know, I, again, I, I really applaud them for not being afraid of shaking up the formula. So, yeah, agree, co- agree with that completely. Uh, while we're still on the Alex moments of this episode, um, one of the things I really do like about this back half of the season is that there are there are multiple storylines that have been started with this series from or with the series this season. Uh, obviously, we have the Children of Liberty. We have the whole. Um, you know, the bias against aliens and things like that. We have Nia, Nia becoming Dreamer and the Haley stuff that's happening as well. So far, this series has done a great job this season of never forgetting any of the story. Like, right. even I mean, with it, it's it's been a little bit since we had any of the Children of Liberty stuff, but boom, they, they, they were back in the forefront again. And they were able and they were able to incorporate it really well into this. So even with, like, they haven't forgotten any of the story, and so far they have all these different stories that I have this really big feeling that it's all going to come together in the end. And I, I do too. I really think the writing of this season so far is really well done, and I'm looking forward to see how everything comes to a head at the end. Yeah, and, you know, I can't wait for characters like Ben Lockwood and all to come back into play because, you know, they Manchester are, you know, Black. Manchester Black is right around the corner again with the entire. Well, not the entire, but a version of the of the elite showing up. I mean, uh, it's going to be massive. And then you also have the big question of where does Lena and James fit into all this? Does does James Olsen get superpowers in this and become this wild card in this whole mess. Well, um, and, well, and it's anything is humanly possible in this episode. I'm really curious to see how it's going. Well, work. not only that, but we're getting a little bit more uh, this episode of the Red Daughter slash Bizarro, whatever she is, uh, uh, yeah, version it, of Kara. And now there's a connection to America that they made. And that most likely that connection is Lex. I, I, I was thinking Luther. That was... You know, I was thinking Lena or Lex. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, especially because they're really progressing that story forward now that we're in the back half. Right. And, you know, we, we see that they're in uh, Kaznia. Like I said, we get another sequence in the beginning where she just kind of that version of her goes down and you're like, and they, it's the question of why. Uh, and then when she goes down and they kind of kind of zap her, like we see this energy shoot through the world, which in fact uh, impacts the drugs and all that stuff. So very curious of what that was, why that happened the way it is. And so I'm looking forward to getting answers there, but it was enough of a tease of 
more things to come, and I'm I'm liking how they're doling it out. Yeah, they always leave me wanting the next part, and I think Supergirl. When we get to you know our annuals this year, I, I have a feeling, like I said, so far Legends has been thoroughly enjoyable. Um, but I, I mean, Supergirl, I think right now is might be the one to beat this year. So far, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's doing really well as far as I, the story that they're telling. I mean, if we were playing check-in right now for annual score, there's no question in my mind that this would be sitting at about a nine for its season so far. So uh, I, I can't wait to see them continue on. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, it's um, continuing on with the whole the, the Alex storyline and, and everything. Um, we did see that bolt of lightning that kind of went through and, uh, you know, affect the drugs. Do we think we're going to see more of those drugs pop up or do we think this was just something for tying the story together? I'm not quite sure because it's the question is, did that kind of jolt impact anything else? Like the fact that it just impacted like these pills is one thing. So I'm kind of curious what else it could have impacted. And we still don't even know what that was yet. So um, I think it's a hard, hard question to answer right now. Yeah. I mean, and we did see it play through kind of, uh, we saw that lightning bolt kind of affect a bunch of things around the world. So it'll be interesting if it, if it has affected anything else. Um, yeah you know, th- throughout the course of the series. Uh, the only other thing I have left to talk about with this series that I, I thought was a lot of fun was the brainy interactions this week. And he's, he's, I really, really love him. Like Jesse Rath is, is so good. And his portrayal of brainy is fantastic. Uh, it, it's it, not just that though, too. His comedic timing is phenomenal. Like absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I, like I've, his, his I've discovered what series they are or what, what, um, uh, what, uh, what species they are. They're, they're you mean they're human worse frat boys. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so good. I love oh, it so much. He's such a fun character. Yeah, he added so much levity to to this uh, to this episode that like yeah. And, and like I said, you know, in the beginning of the season, I even said it's like ah, it's weird not having Win around, and that I'm like, and it took a little bit of time, but just like when we talk about the different versions of like Wells and stuff like that, you slide into those characters. Like it's it's you know when you change up formula as much as you do. I, I think they pulled it off here really, really great with his character. He continues to be an absolute delight. So yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, any other final moments or notes on Supergirl before we move on? Um, no, I think that really kind of covers it. The only thing we really didn't talk too much about was the tiny little plot thread where there was the one reporter at Catco finding out that there was some black site stuff yeah. happening in Elcor with with a kind of a finance trail that James kind of pushed off to the side and like, nope, nothing going on. Um, so um, we know that's going to come back and bite them in the ass some somewhere somewhere down the line, if not in the next couple episodes. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. But that's kind of about it. That, that I think I think we kind of covered it all. Okay. Uh, yeah, nothing really to look forward to as we mentioned this week. Supergirl's on break because of the Super Bowl, so uh, two weeks before we're going to get Supergirl returning. All right, let's move forward then on to Arrow season seven, episode eleven. It's so weird having to like, I got to get used to doing Arrow before Flash. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I think we haven't done that, but now, yeah, it's time to time to switch it up. Yep. Uh, season 7, Episode 11, Past Sins. The past comes back to haunt both Oliver and Laurel. Curtis is upset when he discovers that Diggle and Lila have restarted the Ghost Initiative with Diaz, China White, Kane, Wolfman, and Carrie Cutter. Uh, first things first, we got to point out, this was the episode directed by David Ramsey, and I think... 
this isn't the 150th. This is that's just, next week. That's next this, week. Well, the, no, this coming week. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, this was just the episode that was directed by uh by by David Ramsey. And as far as directorial goes, uh, well done. I mean, yeah. it's it's it was a good episode. Again, we we gave it a hero, and this may come as a surprise to many people. And I don't, you and I didn't talk about this yet, so I don't even know your feeling on it. Uh, my favorite part of the episode because there were multiple storylines going through this. We got the obviously we got the Diggle, Lila, Curtis, and and Ghost Initiative storyline. Storyline. We got the uh, Black Canary. We got the Canaries with Felicity storyline, and then we also had Oliver with uh, Emiko. Mm-hmm. My favorite story of this episode, the Canaries and Felicity. Hmm. I I think to me that in my opinion, that was probably the most well done part of this episode. I, I, I actually retitled this episode. Absolutely. I, I you know it's it's what was this called initially? Like what was the actual episode title pa- name? Past Sins. Past Sins. Yeah, yeah. I, I called it uh give me Quentin or give me cake. that works (laughs) so but yeah i mean to like the katie cassidy you know emily benton um oh god for the life of me i can't remember uh juliana um yeah juliana yeah Yeah. so you know dinah uh laurel and felicity i thought that story as as annoying as i think felicity can be sometimes I'm finding more and more as we go as we progress forward that the times i'm more annoyed with felicity are when she's with oliver and less when she's with other people. Um, so I think it's the whole Olicity thing that kind of, and again, it's, it doesn't kill the episode for me when we get Olicity stuff. Some of it has been really strong. Um, but the times that we've had issues with it are usually when it's Olicity and not anything else. I'm really liking the interactions and the relationship that they're building with working with Laurel because this, we talked about the whole redemption arc for you know earth to laurel and man it's coming to fruition tenfold through this episode so it's it's been really interestingly interesting to me to watch uh the the progression of that character and through and it's been with the help of felicity that it's happening so to see the relationship between these characters start to build and really come to what has probably been its strongest points yet this episode, I I actually found a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I I think it was a solid episode. I you know I I feel like there's so little to say. Um, <laughs> I agree with uh, you. I, I, it's you know, like I said, I, I'm really happy that they're they're kind of moving that along. I do think there was again, and the reason why I made that that comment of you know the give me Quentin or give me cake. Um, I, I thought there was a little, <laughs> little bit of rough dialogue in some of that stuff, though. I, you know, as much as I think they, they, it was a fun plot thread. Uh, there was that moment of her kind of pouring her heart out, uh, which I think was a little bumpy on some of the dialogue choices right. that they went with. But I, I, I do think that they're handling the redemption angle with her very well. And I think you're right. I think she is playing off of, uh, you know, uh, Felicity very well as a character in this point, and I. The two canaries together has actually been kind of fun and cool and enjoyable as well. So I do hope we get to see more and more of that. Um, again, I, I still think, though, um, th- this the show kind of started to build up, I guess, a new villain. Uh, and I'm, I'm starting to get a little curious on who or when that's going to appear. I would assume it's going to be next episode because we know we're getting another big character 
into uh, introduced next week in the one fiftieth. My guess is that's where this this person that's kind of stalking um, metas is gonna. Well, well, yeah, well, not metas, but vigilantes is gonna come into play. Well, here's my thing about that though. Um, I don't even remember where I heard this or where I read it, but I, I think they're setting up because if you look at the two people who got the notes, they're both canaries. I think this is setting up a potential storyline for the canary killers. Um, because it, nobody else, no other metas or, or vigilantes have gotten these notifications. It's literally been Laurel and Dinah. Yeah. So I, I think it's potentially somebody who's going to be going after the canaries rather than just vigilantes as a whole. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, again, I'm very curious to see it play out again. I'm right now still kind of at a loss of like, who's the big bad of the season? Cause I, I generally don't know when we're 11 episodes in. So we're, about the midway point. So, I mean, they still have plenty of time to introduce who it is. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be Diaz at this point. It doesn't no. seem like it makes sense. I mean, obviously, my guess is probably it's Dante or, or whoever is, whoever is Dante at this point that we're, we're seeing that through line through the Argus plot line right now. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to that all interconnecting. And I think that's going to be a big part. But I think more and more and more as we're watching the season progress now, especially with Emiko in the mix, this show really feels like it's setting up them saying goodbye to Oliver Queen next season. Yeah. Uh, yep. Like we're spending a lot more time with characters that are not named Oliver Queen. <laughs> I, I really feel like that's that's kind of been the through line uh, for almost this entire season. Uh, you know, we, we've seen him in 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 costume very, very little. And I'm. I'm I mean, even in the crossover, if you think about it, you barely saw him in in, in, the, in the costume. We saw him as the Flash, um, you know. So I, I'm very curious to see how this is going to continue to progress because the super heroics on the show, we got a canary cry this week, which is more than we can say we've seen in a lot of the past episodes. And that was in a flashback. I, I, yeah, and it's <laughs> it's we're still seeing a very minimal amount of this. I mean, they're still telling a compelling story across a lot of different characters, but I, you know, it, it really feels like that setup to what's to come for Crisis on Infinite Earths next year is a setup for a brand new brand new well, person under the hood and then potentially an end of a series. Well, I, I told you, man, I told you my prediction for Crisis was that Oliver was going to bite it. And Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I was right there with you. And I mean, everything I, there's after, no question about that in my head one bit. And everything for After Arrow, uh, everything for Arrow when it comes to After Crisis was going to be these guys dealing with Oliver not in this world. And I think you're right. I think that's something that they're already working on setting up. Um, I would not be surprised if at some point before the end of this season, we do see the arrow return in uh, the future crossovers. And it's, Emiko. I don't think, uh, well, yeah, I, well, I think you might see, you're going to see a little bit of that, but again, I, we still have to see uh, John jr. As, as the arrow, um, you know, where we see Connor Hawk, because uh, we know Connor Hawk's coming back in the future stuff. Yeah. So, okay, uh, that's true. Yeah. And so, it would be, uh, we could possibly see Emiko pop up in the future then as a different archer. Yeah, I mean, again, bold prediction, but I'm going to go with it right now. And again, this is talking about even next year. Uh, I think, again, you're going to continue to see through the through line of the rest of the season of continued shift away from Oliver. Uh, you know, like we said, we'll still see good stuff with him. Uh, but we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll be shifting away. So next year we'll be, it'll be a heavy Oliver focus. Crisis happens. He passes away in crisis because he sacrifices himself. The back half of this season is Emiko as green arrow and kind of a twist and take on funeral for a friend. And then I think we're going to see a, 
in the time jump at the near the very end of the season, Oliver Queen in the actual future plotline, and we know he's okay. Series ends. So, oh, you're talking about next season? Yeah, I, okay. I'm talking about now to then. Okay, right? because I think that's exactly where this is going. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's the thing too. Like it's. <sighs> I, I think season eight is the end of Arrow. I really I do, too. Oh, I said that before, too. I think it's going to be the end of the series. I think the series is coming to an end next season, um, yeah, especially yeah. with Crisis. It's I, there's no more doubt in my I really have no doubt in my mind that next season is probably the final season for the series. Um, it, it's not going to make a lot of people happy. I, I can put that out there right now. There are so many diehard fans to the show Arrow um, that. There, when it comes to the entire Arrowverse, they watch a lot of the Arrowverse shows, but Arrow does no wrong in their eyes. Um, you know, we talked about it last week. People who weren't happy with that, there wasn't a lot of Oliver in the episode. I and, think they, I think to my message to those folks, I, I, I think you need to get ready to get used to that. I, I don't think we're going to be getting a ton until maybe near the end of the season, but even still, I think it's, it's, the show is changing. The show is you can see that formula is completely getting shaken up. Well, and it's not only that, but I mean, if you look at the show itself um, and you look at Steven, Steven's coming to his run as Arrow at himself is coming to an end. It's not just that the show is is losing steam and the producers want to write it. I think Steven himself is just kind of I, I think he's. Kind he's of ready done. to move to move to new things. Yeah, I mean, you, he's got the knocking point stuff, which is taking off. Um, he's got other. He's got Code Eight, so he's working on movies himself. Like he, he's ready to move on from this role. And after next season, it will have been eight years. Like that's completely understandable. Right. Um, I, like honestly, you know, it, it was kind of funny, and it's kind of a news story we'll talk about now, but we'll obviously talk about it again later. You know, the TCA's happened, and we're like, oh, all the shows are coming back, and I'm like. That's early to announce that, but awesome. That's great. And then I was, my brain brain was kind of like, you know, looking at the other things in CW. He's like, well, Supernatural's coming back for season 15. And I'm like, okay, I don't even want any of the Arrowverse shows to go that long. No, I, I really I don't, don't think it's necessary to have 15 seasons of a show. And it was funny. I you know, can't remember on who commented on it in, in our threads. Somebody was like, you know, I hope it makes it to season 20. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I don't think that Jared and, and Jensen <laughs> – want to be portraying the same character for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, it's always great to be remembered as a specific character, but once you do that, you can potentially kill your career. Well, it was a running joke between Jensen and Jared too, that they were like, Oh, we're going to, they said that like, like five or six seasons ago, they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to take this to 300 episodes. <laughs> and they finally hit that this season. And then, you know, CW is going to renew them again. And now I'm wondering if like Jensen and Jared are kind of like, okay, we, we were joking. <laughs> Like I understand you want to keep this show going, but uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm good sure God, paid, I'm sure they get paid well, and and they're they they're family now, so it's kind of the question of how much longer do you go? Yeah, it's the yeah. question of you know, in my mind, the Simpsons shouldn't have gone for thirty years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and I understand we're we're kind of getting away from the plot of this week's Arrow, which is fine because again, there really isn't a lot. To, to kind of break down. And we, we, we got to talk oh, about the ghost initiative stuff a little bit, but right. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. We get to talk about the ghost initiative. I know. Uh, and <laughs> thank God that, that my two most favorite characters of ever in the Arrowverse only have like five lines. I'm like, <laughs> oh, thank God. I'm like, so, somebody was smiling on me when I was watching that episode. I was like, Oh, 
it wasn't as painful as I anticipated it. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like the main story goes and, and Steven and Steven's involvement and what we're getting with Oliver, I think you're right. I think for the diehard fans of the show, I, I, I think it's better to just accept the inevitable. Yeah, and, I, I, and kind what? of get used to this because I think you're right. I think this is going to be the format of the series until the end. I mean, again, usually, um, you know, Steven's the one doing all the heavy lifting on the show. The first part of the season, very much so in the prison stuff. This feels like they're definitely giving him a nice bit of a break. And again, the sequences we see him in this this week, beautifully acted. Um, you know, obviously, we see the, the news stories where we're seeing a lot of heart come out of his character about talking to the people and trying to appeal to Emiko through that. Um, I, I think we're really well written. I think they were it was it was excellently done. Um, but again, yeah, just like last week, man, it's like probably no more than eight to ten minutes of screen time total in the episode. Yeah, uh, this was this was more of a Canary centric, more of an Argus centric again, like we've been seeing. Um, but, you know, like I said, we do see that bridge start to build up. And I'm kind of happy that, you know, like last week we did see that that kind of, you know, tease that it was like, boom, this is going to be this big confrontation between Emiko and Ollie. And I like that they're going to take their time with it. I, I, I like that it wasn't like, boom, we're going to show you that entire sequence of what happened. It was just kind of like, nope, you're just led to believe it just didn't go too well. And that's OK. You yeah. Don't need to give give everything. Yeah. And, so. if, and if the series continues along the path that we're predicting that it's going to be uh, and that it's not going to be very Oliver centric, it's going to be more everybody else because they're going to be carrying the weight of the show. It's better now to set up their strength as a supporting cast. Then rather just have Oliver carry the weight the whole time or Steven carry the weight the whole time suddenly disappear. And now you're left with these characters that you really had no caring for because you focused on Oliver too much. Yeah, because so, they have to do this. Yeah, it's really important while Oliver's still a player in the show to make the rest of the characters as intense and as likable as humanly possible. And you, ha- you have to you have to build up their strength to carry the show for when he's not around. And I think, you know what, like I said, I will say uh, while I, I've haven't given the show you know any legend like you know scores in quite a while um yeah i think the last one was the prison episode uh right before the mid-season finale where i was just like that was one of the best episodes i've ever seen marrow um you know the the build-up of like emiko and renee together really well done really like where that could be going i think that's great i i you know the future stuff i'm still a little like eh, what's the purpose of all this still um, but you know, I still kind of understand uh, what they're doing with it. And I think it does make sense. It's they're setting up a legacy and I think setting up a legacy is, can be a really cool storyline. Um, it's just be, they have to tiptoe so carefully on the way that they write that flash forwards always kind of hurt shows. I think in my opinion, a little bit because it takes some of the mystery of the situations away. Yeah. Uh, the only thing it does is like, well, how did we get from there to there? Uh, and that's really all it does for you. Um, and I, I think, though, at the same time, watching the fact that dynamics are going to change so much and it makes you wonder where this dynamics start to split. Um, maybe it's Renee working with Emiko is the main reason why him and Dinah aren't, aren't, aren't really close anymore. Uh, you know, where is Curtis in the future of this all? We really still don't know all those pieces. Again, we didn't get any future stuff this week, but the, the, the pieces that they're moving on the chessboard present time. I think right now are also dramatically impacting where things are going to go in the future. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing that play out. You know, like we all pretty much know is if Felicity is indeed a bad guy in the future and really does have this long criminal history, uh, it's probably after Ollie bites it next year. Um, That's her kind of breaking and falling apart. She doesn't have her, 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 
her grounding center anymore. So I think you'll see that stuff play out next year uh, where that starts tilting. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. But I think, again, you're right. The stuff that they did with the Canary is kind of clicking with, you know, Felicity has been enjoyable. The stuff that we talked about last week with, again, Renee and, and, and Emiko is really working. And Oliver's just kind of on the outside watching these pieces happen. So. Yeah, um, I think the only the other really thing left is it, to talk about before we we move on to uh, to the flash is and we have a piece of feedback too from uh, online from the Facebook page that I'll mention. But um, it, it was nice to finally see Curtis back in the mix a little bit, um, especially even if it thought we meant he was killed off at a point, uh, which I, I actually believed at that time because I, I know and I know the. The feedback I've been reading online was kind of relative to the same that I had was that people were were taking that as like, okay, now we understand why Curtis hasn't been in the future yet. Yeah. Uh, And because you thought he was killed. And then within like two minutes, you realize it was all just a a crazy VR thing that he did to Diaz to get the information about Dante. Um, But it was nice seeing Curtis finally thrown back into the mix again, because we've been saying for the past couple of weeks that they really have not been focusing on his character very much. He's been in maybe 30 seconds to a minute of every episode. Yeah, I I, honestly, you know, what though, too, I I, got to say, too, I don't know if it's just me, but I really miss seeing Diggle suited up as Spartan. I I really miss seeing Curtis suited up as Mr. Terrific. Like seeing them as just Argus agents is kind of like i'm just a little bummed i, I kind of want to get see them back to the heroics well i mean but. yeah it, you're right it, you mentioned it earlier in that we've seen very little of the of the superhero super heroics in this season of the show we got mention of him as mr terrific this time because that's what diaz calls him um but that's the closest thing we've gotten in a while to him suiting up as as mr terrific yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I would love to see that. Like, I miss seeing the T spheres getting thrown around and all those little pieces. So, I do hope that you know we we do get back to that point sometime this season. I think once we reveal our big bad, I think we'll see everybody suited back up and team back up by the end of the season. Yeah, it was. I, th- I think they're they're building to it, and I think I just think the build up has been a little slow. So, it was also funny too that we mentioned last week with the recreation of the Ghost Initiative. Uh, that was their version of the Suicide Squad because they can't use Suicide Squad right now. And <laughs> Diggle's, Diggle's line of, you know, this is basically us just bringing back, or no, Curtis saying to Diggle, like, this is basically you just recreating the suicide, and then he cuts him off. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he can't say squad at all. AKA um, Warner Brothers said, no, no. No, no. Um, we There's a couple of uh, things to feedback on the Facebook page. Uh, our friend Shad posted a, a picture of a spoiler from a car. Um, because I said no spoilers in the comments, or I said beware <laughs> of spoilers in the comments. So he posted a picture of a car spoiler with the no, words "which touche, sir." <laughs> yeah, with the words "thug life," and I responded with "I see what you did there." Uh, but then our friend Paul actually, uh, Paul Williams of the um What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, actually posted. Uh, really enjoyed the interactions between Felicity and Laurel. In ways, I do wonder if the show is setting us up for another version of BOP, possibly. Um. Uh, birds of prey uh the directorial debut of david ramsey was done quite well the ghost brawl with argus that curtis constructed in diaz's head seemed a bit wonky to me in terms of it looking amateur compared to some of the more amazing fight scenes we've seen from the show i will agree with that i will too uh but overall but overall i enjoyed tonight's episode so yeah um yeah pretty much everything we've touched on so far again barely anything from cupid 
China White or Kane Wolfman. Granted, I don't think that's the end we're going to see of them. Um, because, again, that they, they said very clearly in this episode that Ghost Initiative ain't going away. So, yeah. Uh, so we'll probably see them all on the ground at some point. So, And hopefully they won't be too annoying. Maybe they'll kill Cupid. So <laughs> we have we have things to look forward to. Cupid should be like the sample that they set in Suicide Squad, the movie. <laughs> where they, they used one of them as like the ex, as the example as to what will happen if you defy them. Yeah. They hey, just, you never know. It very well could happen. Um, push the button on the bomb. Yeah, it very well may happen. So I'm curious <laughs> to see what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, like I said, uh, not a bad episode. Uh, not uh, a, a legend episode, but not a bad episode. It was, it was again, it was that through and through hero that we've been kind of getting from uh, Arrow for a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so looking forward to next week. Oh, uh, very interesting. Uh, as I'm looking at some of the screenshots from next week's episode, uh, Emerald Archer, this is the, the documentary, or mockumentary rather, uh, or I guess it is a documentary. Uh, the Hood and the Rise of Vigilante, uh, Vigilantism uh, with this, with Kelsey Grammer as the narrator. This is the 100th, 150th episode. Uh, but one of the pictures is very interesting because we do see Curtis suited up as Mr. Terrific. Yeah. So it looks well, like you may be getting your wish. Well, again, I think it's also, too, they're doing a little bit of kind of flashbacky stuff. Not like we're going to see old sequences, but I think we're going to get some new film sequences meant to be flashbacks. Well, I don't know, because the versions of Arrow uh, that are in this are a unhooded Oliver Queen. Oh, very cool. You know, again, I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to this episode ever since it's been announced. And I have a feeling I can probably already tell you now it's probably going to be a legend off the bat. I I, I have this gut feeling it's going to be phenomenal. Just with Kelsey Grammer doing the narration alone. Yeah, I I really can't wait for this. But I mean, I think the Arrowverse hits their milestone shows phenomenally. Oh, like especially like the hundredth that they did during the crossover last year. Mm -hmm. My God, like that was a fantastic episode. Yeah. So, all right. Moving forward with The Flash, season five, episode 12. Uh, memorabilia. When Sherlock wants to use a memory machine on Barry and Nora to help gain access to Grace's memories, Nora panics, fearing her parents will find out the secrets she's been keeping from them. Nora secretly decides to use the machine on her own, which ends in disaster after she gets trapped inside Grace's mind. Barry and Iris go in after their daughter, and Iris's heart bro- is uh, brokenhearted by what she finds. Meanwhile, Ralph tricks Cisco into going out for a night out on the town. Um, yeah, this this episode to me kind of came across as like this is Flash's version of Inception. Yeah, pretty much because they're, <laughs> you know, Nora goes into Grace's dreams uh, or memories. And then when Barry and Iris go in, they end up going into Nora's dreams and memories. So, yeah, this is kind of like the dream within a dream. Uh, this is their version of Inception. Yeah, uh, and I got to say, man, it was so much fun to spend a little bit of time uh, in the Flash Museum again. So, oh, my God. And Barry's reaction. To oh, my God. When there. he's walking through the merchandise. He's this <laughs> and Iris is like, this is going to go to your head, isn't it? And then it's just him holding up the bobblehead. He's like, oh, my God, it already has. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to, to watch all of that. And, and so many interesting things uh, playing out throughout the course of this. I mean, we yeah, got to see man, there was some really cool stuff. Uh, Hall of villains. And, uh-huh. Oh, and I got to say, I, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but seeing the, the reverse flash suit walking around empty looked so freaking cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that looked awesome. Which is going to play into the future of, you know, the whole, the whole Sherlock aspect yes. of things, because we see a particular moment with him at the end of this episode, which, 
Um, I think he's he's more and more on to what Nora's secret is. Oh, he, he he's I, he's at this point he has got it. Uh, but a great great nod though this week or very early on when we get introduced to this machine on how they're gonna go into to Grace's memory, we find out that uh, good old Sherlock uh, went up against the, the Jervis Tetch, aka the Mad Hatter. I'm like that was pretty. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that after that that whole like crossover this year we've gotten mention of wayne industries and wayne tech and now they're just dropping rogues rogues names in the mix and i'm like i i just love that they're kind of like yay we can talk about batman now let's just <laughs> do it anytime we get an opportunity to do it i'm like that's great uh, um, um one of the things i want to bring up real quick before we we jump into this one is somebody uh, i think it was actually paul it might have been paul that mentioned it before but um he kind of hit it on the head about how I've been feeling about Cicada. Um, Cause I mentioned last week how I think we're kind of done with the Cicada storyline and the, I feel like they should have beaten him by now. And I've never been sold on Chris Klein playing the character. Um, and somebody mentioned it in the Facebook post of uh, how they feel about it. And it kind of hits it on the head with me that Cicada is great. Uh, Chris Klein as Orlin is kind of oafish. And I think that's kind of it because we got in this episode, we kind of got the whole replay of that. Oh, my God, that's totally out of a comic book of Orlin holding the dagger like like all metas must die. Like, looking oh, into God, the and they keep using that that line <laughs> over know. and over in that sequence. And I'm like, it is so horribly it's bad. Acted. Stop using like, it. St- yeah. Oh, God, I hate that shot. And it's not nothing against the actor or the character, but I mean, like whoever shot that sequence and whoever directed that sequence should be like, can we do another take? please? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> let's, just, let's do one more. I know it's been a long day, but just just one more. Can we do that again? Because it, <laughs> it just doesn't play out. Oh, uh, it doesn't. Yeah. But I mean, again, I kind of feel like I'm almost a little lost talking about this because I don't know where to start. I, you know, I think the key point is in, in this one. Again, we do get a lot of the Flash Museum, but it feels like, you know, as much as they're trying to do, you know, Nora's trying to protect her secret. She knows, you know, they're they're going to find out. And we see her kind of talking to Gideon in the beginning of the episode, like that she's going to break, that it's getting harder and harder to kind of make this play. Um, and, you know, she sends the diary entries and logs over to, to you know, um reverse flash and it, it's kind of just interesting to see how much longer that they can go with this and i don't think it, it's gonna go much longer i think we're gonna get another episode or two and then no it's everything is out in the open um the flash is one of those shows that the moment you usually start feeling this is going on a little too long they actually end up wrapping it up with the exception of again the villain a- angle but i think th- that that piece that once we were introduced wasn't gonna ha- take too long for that to kind of that layer to peel away and we're we're going to see that play. We're going to really see that play. Yeah. Um. So, her going in to kind of protect herself and and try to pull Grace out of the mix. Yeah. You do see, like you said, they they kind of inception in the show a little bit. Um. And it, it I think it kind of worked because I think in addition to it, Grace is also kind of as equally as twisted. And they kind of made Cicada kind of scary because she was kind of Cicada inside her head. Well, here's here's while you're on that point, um, I want to jump into one of the pieces of feedback that we got on Facebook because I found this very interesting. And after watching this episode, I I feel like this is very, very possible. Um, And it's it's a theory that one of our listeners has. Um, And he says, when young Nora was at the Flash Museum reading about Cicada, it mentioned that Cicada vanished for a while and came back 24 years. 
years later. In Grace's mind, there was an older female cicada. I wonder if present-day Cicada either dies, loses his meta abilities, or disappears, and Grace, with a dark matter shard in her head, doesn't wake up, but when she does, she takes on the mantle of Cicada, like we saw her in her head. So the Cicada that comes out of hiding in the future is actually an older Grace, not the actual, not the original Cicada. That's actually where, like, by the end of the episode is where my theory was falling to. So I, I didn't get a chance to read that on the Facebook page, but yeah, I'm right on, the, right, exactly right there with you too. That's exactly where I think all of this is going. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the case, I really dig it. I think that's actually really, really effing cool, and I think that's the right way to do do this storyline and that through line to make Cicada not feel like kind of like okay. You know, been there, done that kind of like, you know, we can move on. But, you know, if they say, hey, here's Cicada, here's your villain for the season. And hey, here's Cicada, here's the villain of your season later. <laughs> but it's a different Cicada. And I'm like, cool, awesome. Because I love the idea that even when, you know, we got Sherlock um, in, you know, our Earth in this this show, he's like, it's always been this one person. Uh, here it's somebody else. Why can't it be two people? I, I think that question falls in the line very nicely. And again, it, you know, the fact that we see that connection from when Cicada sees Nor early on in the season, if he knows and has led on to a few things down the road and kind of figured and put some stuff together, because we do see him in that one sequence of Gra oh, when Grace is in the coma, kind of her making that comment in that very creepy way, talking to Nora. It's like, I've been listening. And seeing that scene between uh, the female doctor, I can never remember her name. They've always said it a handful of times and, and Orlin talking. And it's just kind of like, nope, that that other speedster. I'm pretty sure that's the Flash's daughter. So he put things together very quickly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do like what they're doing. And we do know that they're going to be using that cure to stop Cicada. You know, we predicted, that I think, even like a week or two ago when they brought all that stuff up, when they were on the Tannhauser Black site. Seeing that play out and seeing them confirm that and knowing that we still have a cicada to deal with later, I think is going to be a cool way to do this. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, again, I mean, playing into that theory too that potentially, you know, we did see by the end of the episode, Barry wants to use the metahuman cure on cicada, which we thought was a possibility when this whole idea of a metahuman cure, cure uh, came about. So it's. I do like the idea of there being another cicada, uh, you know, down the line and, and seeing how it plays out, especially if it's Grace uh, that, you know, that plays out that way. So, again, there was a lot of interesting developments that came out of that, but it's it's just going to be fun to watch to see where all this is going to play out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the other cool things we see in this episode, because, uh, you know, we'll, we'll actually hold before we get to that one, because I think that's the heaviest stuff uh, and it's a small scene, but it's a heavy thing. Is uh you know we also have Ralph and and Cisco, Cisco uh, which was really a lot of just fun sequences. Um, you know I, I thought that was their their relationship connection has really been solid to see because again feels like you know we've been seeing less and less of Cisco recently or a very kind of muted version of his character because he's very much ready to not be vibe anymore. But watching the relationship between him and Ralph continue to grow has been great because Harry's not there, uh, but it gives him a great person to play off of. That's not just Caitlin. Yeah. So I'm really enjoyed watching that and just seeing kind of Ralph's heart continue to grow and grow in the show. He's been such a fantastic character and I really love Hartley. And so I can't wait for when they bring in Sue to see 
that version of his character kind of continued to evolve late in the season. We we did get to see Cisco use his abilities this week uh, when he vibed the piece of glass and he saw that Cicada was a band and a metal band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we think? And I think this is a very strong possibility um, that Cisco is going to be the test subject for the metahuman cure when it's developed. I think there's a high chance of that, and I think that's okay. I, I you know, I think that's one. One thing I kind of thought that's been interesting about the Arrowverse this season is they're getting back to basics with almost all the shows. Like they're finding ways where it's like, well, everybody doesn't have to be a hero. And I think they're realizing that and they're scaling back. And I think that's what's happening here. And I think that's good. I think that's okay. You don't have to have everybody on your team as a hero. So I think that's what they're kind of trying to absorb. It's a shame because I really love Vibe as a character. Uh, but Again, I like Cisco most, so it's. I think it's okay for them to say he doesn't have to be vibe to be a major player in the show. Yeah, I mean, because we've we've mentioned that in the past before. That kind of one of the things that it's it's not necessarily negative to the series, but it seems but like it's, it's every, a heavy criticism. Yeah, everybody has to become a hero at some point. Um, yeah. and you're and right. It's I, not just our opinion. That's a that's something I hear all the time from people. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think you're right. I think Cisco. Uh, now that the whole gypsy storyline is played out, uh, there are multiple ways to get from different Earths, especially now there's a delivery service that delivers back and forth uh, <laughs> from, from different Earths, as we found out this week. I think now that the doors like that have been opened, yeah, I don't really necessarily think that Vibe's abilities are necessary uh, as much as they used to be. So Cisco not having those those abilities, um, I'm right on. I'm on board with it. I'm OK with it. I, yeah. I've, I've loved seeing his uh, him as a hero, uh, but it doesn't I don't think it, it's it has to be necessary. Right. And I think that's OK. I think that's really uh, totally one of those things that's a OK for for the show to do. And uh, I, I applaud them for saying, and again, the Arrowverse for making big, dramatic changes. You're like you look at Arrow, <laughs> there's definitely not a lot of super heroics there. Um, and you look at Supergirl, you know, we're, we're scale. It feels like it's scaling back more and more and more on the hero side. You know, you know, we, we don't have the Legion of superheroes running around like crazy. Yeah. Brainiac's there and all, but like he, he doesn't really, he's, he's a, he's like tech support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's humorous um, tech support. Yeah. Um, you know, and John doesn't want to really hear what up. He wants to do things with like peacefully. So we're seeing that all scaled back, you know, so for the flash to do it too makes a lot of sense yeah and then legends is bombastic and crazy and fun so but that's the way it's supposed to be right yeah so. it, it, it's it's a team show it should should be a lot of super heroics yeah. and even in that show it's not a lot of super heroics a lot of the times in that too and it's just these characters are just fun and awesome and let's watch their adventures well yeah because even in that show like nate hasn't steeled up in a while yeah. Uh, Ray hasn't put on the Adam suit in a while. So even Legends, that's like, as you mentioned, very bombastic, uh, even they've kind of toned it down a little bit on the super heroics. And I think it's I think that's been a kind of a neat and kind of cool initiative because you know what it does? It, it forces you to look at the he- the characters versus the heroes they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Which I think is smart. And I think it was maybe it's an initiative across the CW while they were working on these shows. And it also could be the CW saying, Hey, you guys need to really cut your budgets back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're developing a fifth show. We kind of need the money. We got to kind of put the money towards this now. Yeah. Uh, And and if you guys want to go big for crisis, we kind of got to save money wherever we can. And I wouldn't be surprised if, Hey, the budget for the crossovers were really intense guys. Uh, please, Let's let's make the writing a little lean. <laughs> so for uh, the action sequences for the next couple of weeks, let's recoup costs. Well, let's because then because yeah. then because the, then later the flash is like, hey, by the way, 
uh, yeah, King Shark versus Garad. So, well, I was, uh, and that's what I was so, just going to bring up. I was like, let's not forget that at some point in the back half of the season, we're going to get King Shark versus Garad. So, we're still going to get a very heavy special effects centric episode of this season before mm-hmm. it's over. Oh yeah, and, and again, <laughs> uh, that ain't going to be cheap. And it's going to be, so. yeah, but it's going to be so much fun to watch. God, every time that they bring King Shark, my jaws is on the floor. I'm like, he looks so good. Hey, man, they brought Kevin Smith in to direct multiple episodes. But yeah, he, yeah. So because it's it's just insanely awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, dude, it's funny because even Grodd, like I was going through, I go through my Facebook memories every day just to see what I was posting years ago, and I think it's either today's memories or yesterday's memories. One of my Facebook posts from like three or four years ago is literally just the word Grodd and five exclamation points. So just knowing how excited I was then about seeing Grodd, and then again, the introduction of King Shark, um, it just made me smile because it made me remember like how much I've loved this series since it started. Yeah, you know, like I said, it's 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 funny, you know, I think the downside for us is because we're so in on this because of the show that we do every week. We forget to enjoy uh, it every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, like I said, it, it's, you know, back when things early started, like I said, there was so much like, you know, when the first time you see the Hall of Justice, you're like, oh, my God, your mind explodes. And, you know, it takes a lot to get the, those reactions from fans that have been in this universe for so long. You know, I remember really like, thinking about like even season two of, of Arrow. It was like, oh, my God, that's Wildcat and all these things or season three for Wildcat. Um, but like season two, it's just kind of like, well, oh, my God, the, like the death death fight. And, yeah. And, you know, like Brother Blood in the beginning of, oh, my God, I almost forgot Brother Blood was an arrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like all these little things that they've done, uh, you forget, like a, forget to geek out sometimes. And like when you get big things like the crossover where we're just like jaw is on the floor through the entire episode. You're like, this is amazing. This is so cool. I'm like, I can't believe they just did that. This it it's really fantastic and exciting. And, it, you know, like I said, I can't wait for that next moment. And I have a feeling it's going to be that King Shark Grodd Oh, moment. God, it would be so good. I mean, I, I'm sure we're going to have a couple other moments between now and then across, you know, the entirety of the Arrowverse where there's going to be that thing that we're going to be like, that was amazing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like this this season as a whole across all the Arrowverse, it feels like we've had very few and far between moments outside of the crossover of those things. So I, I'm, I'm just, I think, eagerly anticipating that next moment. Yeah, oh, I am, too. I, and I'm I'm always eagerly anticipating that moment. Like, I think, you know, it's, I know we're getting very much off topic, but I mean, I think. <laughs> well, we did know, with Arrow, too, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, but, you know, I think outside of crisis this year i think that moment for me so far has been was that prison episode of the airverse man that episode was so like that episode to me was right on par like i think when we reviewed that i think that fell into the top two episodes of that series ever yeah i without question and you know it's kind of funny because i don't think any of the other shows i mean legends has just been pure joy and fun but um you know, I don't think I've had a big like, holy crap, outside of anything else in the series from any of these shows yet this year, outside of that episode of Arrow and the crossover. So no, not I, I, not I'm, this I'm, year. I, I'm, you know, it feels like, you know, I, I've been waiting later and later to watch shows, and like I'm like, crap, I need to, I need to well catch up on Arrow stuff. Well, you know um, what's, what's funny about that too is it seems like every season, uh, one of the shows has that episode. Um, yeah, I think. I think last year was I think and was Enter Flash, um, Enter Flash, Enter Flash time, time, 
which that to me, that episode, that was like the episode of the year last year for any, oh for any of the series. Um, and I That's think something we have to start doing. We got to do the episode, the episode, episode of the year, the, uh, episode of the year across the Arrowverse. And I Ooh, think, you know what? New, new idea. I'm going <laughs> to pose this right now. And uh, if the listeners you know, give us our, your feedback after we do our annuals. Let's do the Primer Awards. Ooh, I like Best that too. Best character in the Arrowverse this year. Best episode this year. Worst episode of all the shows this year. And I think we put we should put up nominations. Yeah. And have and people vote on on, fan, on them. The fan awards. Yeah. Yeah. Like nominate nominate some people. We'll narrow it down. Put them up. And yeah, I like that idea. That's actually a really fun idea. Yeah, something new this year. Something new. But like I, I said this this show always evolves. But I, but I I think what really sets that episode of Arrow apart. And I know we're talking about Flash and we're getting back to Arrow, but I think what really set that episode of Arrow apart and why we really adored that episode as much as we did is because, as I mentioned, every season one episode really blows us away from one of the shows. I think we never expected it to come from Arrow, seven seasons in. Yeah. And the fact that it did, we were just like, wow, like, holy and, shit, that was fantastic. And it's possible that wasn't the best one yet still. Like, 150 could blow it out of the water, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. Again, there's, there's so much time. We never know how a certain episode's going to hit until it plays. So it's a big wait and see. Uh, you know, again, we had Flash episode 100 this year, too. Well, let's see. Let's see what it did. Brought it back to Flash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to lie. I'm, like, kind of giddy about the idea of doing a primary awards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. I, I was like, when I said it, I was like, when you said it, I was like, wait a second. I was like, there, there's an idea. <laughs> How to oh, fill a oh, summer dude, episode. By, once I'm <laughs> so. done editing this podcast, by the time people are listening to this, I'm already going to have graphics in the works. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, And it'll just be post-annuals this year. We'll do the primer awards. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I mean, I, I think like it was okay we got away from the Flash a little bit because, again, we kind of discussed probably most of the important points of the episode. Uh, I think really the only thing that I have left to talk about. Oh, I think, yeah. Yeah, I have that big point, too. So I, uh, Well, I don't, I'll let you make it then because it might be the same thing. I'm thinking more. Is uh, it the Sherlock element? No, actually, it's not. So oh, okay. why don't you tell yours and I'll talk about mine. Well, I mean, we got that element. It's basically very quick in we got that moment at the end where – we know we as viewers know that Sherlock is pretty much on to Nora's secret. And, you know, he he touches base with Barry like when there's the whole element of the memory of the negative memories taking a form of something else. And in Nora's dream, it took the form of the reverse flash costume, which you mentioned, you know, kind of seeing it with nobody in it was really cool. Uh, and when Sherlock asks Barry about that, I think that's when it clicks to Sherlock like, OK, I kind of have a feeling I know who she's talking to. Yeah. Um, and I think it's at that moment. You're right. I think he's pretty, it's almost pretty clear. He knows her secret. At this yeah, point. absolutely. Absolutely. For me, like my other point was, uh, we see crisis inch up in, in this episode. It's the first time you feel that. Um, oh that, yeah. That, ooh, because one of the small plot threads, that was not a small plot thread at all. Cause it was kind of hidden in there. Early in the episode is we we see, you know, Iris uh, find out that she's like, hey, I'm going to grab an office and I can finally do something more with my blog and actually make it a paper, uh, you know, and her talking to this lawyer real quick. And I was like, she's trying to find out like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, only only central city citizens, the only thing available. OK, and then and the moment she said that and I I paused the show and I'm like, she's trying to change the timeline. And I'm like, interesting. And like because I when I paused it, I had to seriously stopped thought for a few minutes i'm like 
okay, I see what the, she's doing. And I'm like, I wonder if they're going to address this further in the episode. And then they do. And she brings it up and it's kind of like, okay, you know, in the end we see Nora pop up the, the, the flash, uh, flash missing, uh, or vanishes missing in crisis thing, you know, all kind of come up and we see that established date of 2021 move to 2019. Um, just to remind us that, that is now becoming the, the the Back to the Future newspaper, the, the Back to the Future photo, where the things that they're doing now are starting to have ramifications. Doc Brown big, committed, Doc Brown commended. Yeah, yep. all those little things, you know, like, you know, the George McFly, you know, honored versus George McFly murdered, you know, it's all those little pieces. It, we're seeing that play out here, and that newspaper is going to become, I think, increasingly more important as the season progresses, because because that moved up two years that also means crisis probably moved up and inched up two years. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't see that part of the dateline change. I think in another episode or two, that dateline of that newspaper article is going to move to next year. Yeah, I can, I can totally see that happening. I think you're right. I think it's, um, you know, cause you're right. We did see the, the date that the newspaper was developed change. Yeah. I think we're going to see the date on the newspaper change as well. I, it then, would not surprise me one bit. And then next year, I after the thing, it's that newspaper is going to be Green Arrow dies or Green Arrow Green Arrow disappears. Yeah, amid crisis. Yeah. So all those things. Um, I I I think that newspaper is going to be incredibly incredibly important as the season kind of tips forward, and I think you're going to see that date change at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, because we we've we've seen that the writers have said that you know we're not going to get a lot of infinite crisis, uh, crisis on infinite earths talked about throughout this season and just because we're not going to hear it talked about doesn't mean that they're not going to drop us hints yeah and i i really think that's after they defeat cicada by the end of the year the very last thing you're going to see is what they did cause that date to change yeah yeah man and setting up setting up next season and you know what that makes me excited again yeah so. and again i mean it, it's kind of going into stories. It's kind of going into a new story that you have too, but we've talked about it before that I, I feel like crisis on infinite earths is so big. It's so big of a storyline that while it is the crossover, they're going to be setting. And like any other crossover that we've gotten where, you know, we get the regular season and then we get the crossover, which is a completely separate story. And then there's we go back a lot to normal. Setup. There's going to be so much set up before the crossover happens. The crossover is basically going to be the culmination of the setup. I think that's what you're going to see next year is you're going to see everybody's show kind of starting to tilt towards that direction. Maybe even getting certain characters kind of addressing major things, closing up maybe larger plot threads and then going, OK, there's something looming. And then, boom, uh, then it's going to happen. Yep. And I think that's. I have a gut feeling that's really what, what yeah. we're going to get next we're not, year. We're not going to see them just suddenly jump into crisis. They're going to be setting it up before this cri- before probably, it happens. At least every show is probably going to have an episode or two where that's going to be this encroaching darkness in the background. Yep. And I would not be surprised if it's The Flash that really focuses more on it than anybody else. Uh, yeah, I would see that. And I think you're going to see Ollie kind of make peace with a lot of people in the beginning of next season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to this week's episode of The Flash, uh, season five, episode 13, Goldfaced. Uh, and this is the one where we're getting, I think Goldface is a Green Lantern villain, is he not? Geo villain and, uh, and an occasional Flash villain too, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we're gonna uh, be seeing Goldface pop up, uh, in yeah. this week's episode. 
yeah, big classic character. So uh, pretty cool to see see that one thrown into the mix. So we'll we'll, we'll see that kind of play out. So and and uh, I have to say, as many secrets as she has, uh, God, Jessica Parker um, is Jessica Parker Kennedy is still adorable. Yeah, she's wonderful. I love her uh, <laughs> on this show. She is such a good fit. Yeah. So. All right. Shall we news? Yeah, let's jump into the news. Okay. I apologize. I'm going to be all over the place. Uh, we're going to do <laughs> the movie side first. Uh, and then I'm going to make up a, make a couple addendums to some news things that I'm not really going to report on and kind of report on at the same time. But let's start with a fun one. Uh, so we got a whole mess of listings of new films on the horizon. Uh, for um, <laughs> DC. So a couple, of, uh, all of them we've already known about, but specifically we have some release dates planned uh, and very specific release dates, which is kind of surprising. I didn't expect some of these quite so soon. Um, first things first, the DC Super Pets film that we talked about previously <laughs> um, is very much coming to fruition. It's going to be the first in a new slate of films coming out May 21st, 2021. Um, so that is set uh, Jared Stern is hired to write and direct the film, uh, set to be an animated adventure. So again, big screen animated film, uh, the furry friends of the DC comics. So I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing it. It'll be fun. Uh, it's going to be, I think, wonderful and adorable. And you know, you and I will be there to check it out. Oh yeah. And just, just enjoy. Cause God, man, if we can get streaky, the super cat, uh, With you know, crypto? Crypt, crypto and bat cow in one film. Oh my would, God. Bat cow. <laughs> Uh, I, would, I would be so happy. <laughs> God, it'll be fun. Uh, but no, it'll probably be more like Crypto and Ace the Bat Hound and maybe and probably Streaky and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll see it play out. But I can't wait to see it. Can you imagine if DC Super Pets was like homeward bound with those animals? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic, oh, though. God, it'd be great. Them trying to find their way back to the Hall of Justice. Oh, <laughs> so, God, that'd be great. Uh, that would be wonderful. Um, all right. So another big one, Suicide Squad, the sequel. Uh, we have a title. It's just going to be called The Suicide Squad. Smart move, because we know that this is not only a sequel, but it's kind of a reboot. They're kind of taking it into brand new you know, realm. We know James Gunn is the one writing this. He's not officially been uh, announced as the director, but this kind of was that one step closer to the fact that, yeah, he's probably the one directing this. There was a lot of talk that DC offered him Pretty much an open door and said, this is all the projects you can pick from. Go, go crazy. Have fun. Uh, apparently, he looked at the Super Pets film, actually, and in addition to uh, Superman, but then ultimately said he really wanted Suicide Squad. But it sounds like Suicide Squad is going to be all new cast, uh, a brand new breakdown of characters. And so you know what? I, th like I think Suicide Squad is more of a better fit for him anyway. I think so. I think an ensemble piece is the right call for James yeah. Gunn because I think he's going to be able to pull it off the best. Uh, but it's, this sounds like the way that they're talking about this very much is, hey, they're going back to basics. They are restarting and resetting. And I think that's kind of cool. I really uh, commend Warner Brothers for saying we're, we're kind of shifting a little bit. So, yeah, agreed. Um, but again, the Suicide Squad is, is expected to debut August 6, 2021. All right, there is another big one, but we're going to get to that closer to the end of this conversation. But this past week, we got a very surprise teaser trailer of Birds of Prey. Not very expected of uh, from anybody, really. I think none of us expected to see that happen because we knew they just went right, started into filming. They wasted no time and said, boom, here's a quick shot. I think it was a little Halsey song uh, and a quick shots of a couple characters. We do see uh, 
quite a few of them in, in this. We do see, obviously, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. We also see a quick shot of Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis, a.k.a. the Black Mask. Uh, we see uh, Journey uh, Smollett-Bell as Black Canary. Uh, and also, just a, with a Black Canary, though, too, she is rocking, you know, the blonde hair. And she looks like she's a singer, which is in line closer to the DD version of the character, the Dinah Drake from uh, New 52. Uh, which has kind of spread into Rebirth. Uh, in addition to it, we got a quick shot of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the Huntress, which she looks fantastic. Uh, Chris Mencina as Victor Zaz, uh, which I completely almost forgot uh, was one of the characters in this. Rosie Perez, obviously, is Renee Montoya. And Ella J. Basco as a young Cassandra Kane. So, um, again, really quick background shots, but man, oh, man. Uh, what a way to just blow the doors off of this and say, we're, we're ready to party. And I love the fact that they even had kind of Mar- uh, Margaret Robbie's Harley Quinn kind of just like full on like, hey, guys, we're here. We're about to do something big. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited for this. I am generally very excited for this. Um, and I, I think it's great to see that there there's just no fear of what they're about to do with this. Well, I think it's because I think DC has kind of, I think they've, they finally discovered the direction that they want to go when it comes they to their, their filmmaking. They found their footing. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more interesting things from them and a lot larger risks. And I think, I, I, and it makes me excited. It makes me really generally excited about the future of DC films. Yeah, no, agree. Uh, um, so, yeah, and, you know, like I said, in addition to that, though, too, we get a couple additional pieces for the Spurts of Prey stuff. Uh, some eagle eyed viewers out there of the trailer and some other Instagram shots that were out there did spot a couple things in some of the shots of Margot Robbie on set. Uh, they do see the fact that her tattoos that say like Har- Harley and Puddin, there is actually a line through Puddin. So you're very much getting this. The Joker, the breakup the, that that is done. It's over. That's that's that. But in addition to it, too, it looks like a lot of those tattoos are starting to get faded out, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing them slowly disappear from the character as the, the series progress. So um, I think it's kind of cool. I think they're 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 finding ways to readjust. And I think that's pretty neat. So there was somebody uh, there was somebody out there who did a re-edit to that teaser trailer and incorporated and, Jared Leto as the Joker in it. And my first thought was, uh, no, stop it. It's like we don't need we, we, don't, we don't need, need it. <laughs> yeah, it's time to move past it, and I think that's the right call. And I yeah. think the the studio knows it too. Yep. Um. I think again, that's why we're gonna get instead of Suicide Squad two called just the Suicide Squad. I, I think it's the right move. I kind of want to go back and rewatch Suicide Squad. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I've got a really great, fantastic uh version of it um uh, on my Plex. I'll I'll make sure you get a chance to check that out. Yeah, I have so. to check it out. Uh, but in addition to that, though, too. Uh, we also saw something else kind of neat uh, that was kind of out of nowhere. But um, another couple shots from behind the scenes. We saw some stunt doubles as well on the Birds of Prey set. Uh, rocking roller derby costumes, which if you know the Harley Quinn book currently, she actually is in a roller derby league. That's one of her most common costumes she wears is from her ro- uh, her roller derby suit. So, we, so this is going to be very in tune with, I think, current DC is what we're going to see from that. So I think it's kind of cool that they're pulling all that stuff in. So we'll definitely be seeing a roller derby sequence. They said in the film. Cool. Um, in addition to that though, too, uh, that rumor a couple of weeks ago that uh, you reported on Ben about the possible trilogy of uh, Harley Quinn films. Sounds like that is indeed true, true, true. Uh, sounds like there is tons of rumors out there. And again, again, bear in mind rumor, uh, but they said, it sounds like a birds of prey and Gotham city sirens. 
which it sounds like will be possibly the next film for Harley Quinn. Sounds like after that, those movies will be crossing over as the third part where it's a Birds of Prey and Gotham City Sirens together. So uh, sounds like for fans of the heroines and villainesses of the DC universe have a lot to look forward to in the future. So so but this is kind of almost the first time we're seeing kind of rumblings that uh, Gotham City Sirens is still very much in the works. So I think that's kind of cool to know. So, yeah. Um, so that's most likely the follow up to Birds of Prey. All right, let's get to the the biggie. Oh, actually, you know what? Wait, we're going to wait on that one. Okay. We're going to get to that one in a moment. I think uh, I know which one you're putting aside, yes. but yeah. So um, so in mid-February, we also will be getting the final Shazam trailer. So keep your eyes peeled for that. My, uh, my guess is probably within the next week, week and a half. I'm so excited that for that movie. I really am, too. Um, not just because uh, Zach Levi is awesome, but because I'm hearing his voice yet again in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's why I'm getting excited for it, too. Um, yeah, you know, now this next story again, um, Carrie Payton, uh, who you obviously know and love as Cyborg from the Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Uh, like I said, we're, we're obviously big fans of him. I know, Ben, you're a huge fan of him as well from The Walking Dead. Uh, but. Again, there has been a little bit of news about that potential continuation of Teen Titans Go, that little stinger that we saw. And the report that we even told you that there was in that little teaser that Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, the older versions of the characters that we've seen in Cartoon Network going toe to toe. Apparently, that has the audio for that has been done for quite some time, according to Carrie Payton. Um, he does kind of go on and say he's not exactly sure about when that's going to be getting released, when anything's happening. Then later on, he's just like, I kid, I actually absolutely fully know. I'm just not going to tell any of you. <laughs> <laughs> so he got to have a lot of fun with the people that were interviewing him because uh, he said in general, he's like, I don't know. Uh, he's like, you know, and he's like, never mind. That's not true. I do know the answer to that question. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, because I don't know what I'm supposed to tell you or what I'm not. So I'm not go- uh, so I'm going to keep both. I'm the worst scoop ever because I've been thoroughly trained in the art of not telling anybody anything anymore. Uh, so, but yeah, he said, yes, all of the vocal recordings for that have been done absolutely for quite some time. No one knows of yet if this is just going to appear on Cartoon Network or if this is going to be releasing in the theaters. So I, I the, hope it's it's somewhere. If it's if it's not in theaters, I hope it's at least like maybe on a streaming service, like on DC Universe. Uh, oh, give that a, give me a fathom events to go see this. Cause yeah. if that's the case, man, I will. Yeah. Kind of like they did with killing joke. Yeah. yeah. G- let's, let's do that. So, um, but I, I hope this gets a theatrical release cause Teen Titans go to the movies was fantastic. God. <laughs> so good. All right. Let's get into the second to last biggie. I forgot. I also had this other one. I saw the words Batman and I put it off to the side. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, earlier in the week, I put a quick rumor up that Warner Brothers was apparently uh, working on a Batman Beyond animated feature film that has been debunked, uh, unfortunately, which I know a lot of people are not happy about. Uh, that apparently it was being rumored for a 2022 release date, which still doesn't feel like an actual year to me in my brain. Uh, but uh, there was we found out officially, yes, there is no Batman Beyond movie in development. The official word is sorry, guys, not true. We are working on animated. Uh, uh, we are not working on a Batman animated feature. Um, so it's uh hopefully one day though we'll we'll, we'll get some Batman Beyond. Goodness. I know people want it. I know some people want like a live action. Too. I want a live action too. I think there's no reason that they shouldn't, but. I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Now to the biggie. Oh, boy. So officially, the Batman also has a release date. 2021 is a busy, busy year for DC. So again, we start things off with the Super Pets. 
in May. Uh, then in June 25th, 2021, the Batman will be joining the big screen. Uh, we don't know officially again as, as uh, right now. The Batman may not be uh, the official title of this film. It sounds like that is just a, the working talk, uh, talk right now. Uh, I would not be surprised if we see something like Batman World's Greatest Detective, something along those lines, or you know, a way for them to kind of incorporate detective comics in there somewhere. Um, so it's a big wait and see. But we do know, again, this is going to be focusing very, very heavily on the detective side of Batman. Uh, we know it's going to feature a rogues gallery. Uh, we know 100% Matt Reeves is indeed done his draft. Like uh, the 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 primary draft at this point is, I think they said 260 pages, which kind of incorporates to minutes, page to minute, pretty common. Uh, so it's probably going to be a little over two and a half hours. So don't be surprised if that is kind of where we're going. Uh, but it's pretty crazy crazy to know that just several months later, then we're going to see uh, the Suicide Squad really closely after the Batman. It's very surprising that they, they're keeping the release dates that close together. So do we uh, think there's going to be a tie in between the two? I don't think so. I really don't. Well, because, uh, because from what we know about the Batman, it's going to be a younger version of, of Bruce and, and Batman. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if there'd be a tie in as well. I mean, but we do know that as you mentioned, suicide squad is kind of rebooting the series. So potentially there still could be a, a potential for tie-in i don't know uh, I, yeah i think again that idea of a shared universe to trying to kind of put out the pasture so i i would say right now don't plan on any okay um i think that's the safe bet right now but the fact that again i'm really surprised though that's a really close window to have them together um three months three months between the batman and suicide squad I think that's a little risky. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know if Warner Brothers really thought that one out. And well, then... I mean, to be fair, though, Marvel's doing it with Captain Marvel and Avengers. They are. I, you know, I, that's very true. And I think yeah, that's going to be I think, though, that that doesn't have any risk. DC, it, it is a risk. I think it could be a risk. That's like, you know, doing, you know, Star Wars Episode eight and then doing solo a couple months after that. That aid into box office gross. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I will say this. I think so many people are so excited to see a new Batman that people are going to fill those seats. And people that are fans of James Gunn uh, are going to go jumping into that Suicide Squad movie. But I think Suicide Squad's going to have a longer tale to tell where I think it's going to have a very rocky opening weekend. And I think it'll increase the following week. So we'll see. Okay. Um, I'm very, very curious on how that uh, it's going to play out. Uh, obviously, you mentioned, too, we are going to be definitely getting a new actor uh, for the Batman. Uh, but we don't know who that's going to be. We do know officially that Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers want a familiar face. So um, somebody that audiences are familiar with as an actor. So look for a big name person. But it sounds like they want somebody not too young, not too old, kind of somebody that's just right. So expect somebody probably like 30s mid thirties is most likely is going to be the one cast. So very curious to see how this is going to play out. Um, so big, big piece here is, uh, I'm very curious on how this is going to play. Yeah. But, um, officially again, we know it definitely will not be Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck praised it, uh, you know, praised and said, congrats to Matt Reeves on Twitter. Uh, he's very quiet on Twitter, but he said he's very much looking forward to seeing that come to fruition for Matt. Um, but that's it. You know, he, 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 we all know he's not playing the character. A lot of people said, Oh, you know, Ben Affleck's not coming back as Batman, blah, 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 blah. 
all because of that tweet. Um, he has not come out and said anything. Warner Brothers hasn't come out and said anything. Ben and I both are in agreement. He's probably not coming back as bad. Yeah, I don't I don't see him coming but back. I know a couple of you guys were like, no, no, no. They didn't say that. You guys are 100 percent right. No, they did not say that. There's been no official statement on that whatsoever. We will not continue to talk about Ben Affleck whatsoever from here on out until they say he's not coming back or it's just going to die because it's just going to go away because he's not going to play Batman anymore. Yeah. That's what what's going to be the case. I mean, and, uh, and I, like I news, mentioned, news outlets got sloppy this week. Yeah. On that one. I mean, but I mean, as I mentioned in, in defending what I said on Facebook, too, I mean, I just you know, I basically said, you're right. He hasn't. Con- nothing has been 100 percent completely confirmed. He's never coming back as Batman. But you throw in the idea that Matt Reeves is doing this younger version of Batman, recasting the role, along with the fact that DC is getting away from the shared universe. Exactly. I do not think we're going to see ben return as batman at any no, point absolutely, not. absolutely I, not at just the same i don't think we're going to see cavill returning as superman um i think there's a higher chance of cavill than there is affleck but i think there's cavill, a higher chance but i don't think i i don't even think we're going to see that happen yeah i mean i i generally think outside of aquaman and wonder woman the rest of those people that we saw in justice league are going bye-bye yep uh, I generally think that's the case, including I, Ezra Miller and Ray uh, Ray Stevens as Cyborg and Flash. Ray, oh, Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that's that's done and buried, folks. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. This is an opportunity for them to say, "Here's Batman," and if they want to do a crossover down the road with something, they can go for it. But it's they're going to cast somebody probably age wise that's alongside the age of Momoa. And um, Gal, Gal Gadot. Yep. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And then if they choose to make a Justice League again, it's going to be with the, these new people portraying those characters. Yep. So. Agreed. All right. Let's go into the TV side of things. All right. <laughs> oh, it, that's it, right. We but, haven't even touched on the TV, TV side yet. Thankfully, there's not too, too much we have to talk about here. So <laughs> um, the Flash is casting Kimberly Williams Paisley as Sherlock's ex-wife. Uh, that's so going to be gonna fun. S- and it's one of his ex-wives specifically. <laughs> and the character's name we know is going to be Renee Adler. So we're going to see that play uh, probably. I think they said it's next week's episode, which is in Goldface, is when we're going to see her. So uh, that'll be coming this week. So uh, obviously she's previously appeared in the Christmas Chronicles, Nashville, according to Jim, Two and a Half Men. Uh, also, she's worked with Kavanaugh previously on How to Eat Fried Worms and a Hallmark film, Darrow and Darrow. <laughs> so. Uh, so we'll see that continue. And play. as I mentioned, Father of the Bride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see that play uh, very, very soon. Uh, as soon as in Wednesday night. All right. Uh, Mark Pedowitz talks way too much at the TCA, so we're going <laughs> to put this all in one giant ass story. All right. He said pretty much, hey, guys, just so you all know, if you didn't already, which if you didn't, I think people are either all suffering from massive head injuries or just really don't have their uh, fingers on the pulse. That crisis of infinite Earth will be the biggest and most complicated crossover yet. Not a shock at all. Nope. Um, so one of the things was kind of uh, interesting uh, is which I was kind of excited about is uh, the network has been, you know, super tight lipped. Uh, all Pedowitz gave was a simple comment and about the scope. And recently when uh, the same interviewer said, uh, asked Beth Schwartz about Lila Michaels role in the crossover, she declined to comment, which is kind of interesting because I'm wondering if what a lot of people are speculating is true, because I think it would be fantastic for those of you that haven't been paying attention. Lila Michaels, what is her uh, secret? Uh, what, what is her code name in the field? Do you remember? Um, 
I can't remember. Harbinger, who is the big one of the people that calls down the crisis, the Harbinger. So, uh, so has she been a had a secret role on our Earth for quite some time? So everybody's kind of wondering if she's going to play into that. So very, very curious. Um, So everybody's kind of wondering if that's the case or just merely coincidence. I've been totally out of the loop. I didn't even put those two together. Mm hmm. So I, I don't think we've ever really talked about it on the show, but yeah, they, they still use that time to time. So big wait and see. All right. Uh, but a little bit more about the crossover. We know this officially CW said no plans whatsoever for the Arrowverse and the DC universe to cross over. So not a big shock on that because again, massive, massive differences between things like Swamp Thing and Titans and, and Doom Patrol, all that stuff. Uh, God, Doom Patrol is just right around the corner, guys. Oh, it's coming. I uh, think it's next week. It is next week. Uh, the end of next week, next Friday. Yeah. Not this Friday, but next Friday uh, is Doom Patrol. But um, like I said, you know, uh, so no no uh, expectations for any kind of crossers or overs. But they did say officially, as usual, never say never. All right. But we do know officially that in this mix, they said it's highly likely, according to Mark Pedowitz, that a hero is going to die. Duh. Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Duh, duh, duh. All these pieces are that way. So. That's what I said. We should rename this whole news story. Uh, Mark Padowitz, duh. 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 <laughs> In addition to that, uh, he also says Batman, uh, Batwoman is likely to be picked up. Duh. duh. <laughs> <laughs> also, the T- at the TCAs, uh, very early renewals for Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, and Black Lightning. Duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> if Supernatural is coming back for season 15, I'm not surprised. He should well, I mean, well, later. not only that, but you announced that Crisis on Infinite Earths is next year. Of yeah. course, you're bringing these shows back. I think the only one that people are kind of like, OK, Black Lightning's coming back too for season three. So, you know, like I haven't hear, been heard, hearing much about people talking about that show at all this season. Um, I have not watched any of it. this season. I haven't either. Uh, I haven't we are either. waiting. We are waiting. Um, you know, the only shows right now we know not coming back is iZombie because iZombie is on its final season next year. Well, that was also uh, announced as its final season, too. So, right, right, right. I mean, that's a show that has struggled a little bit in its ratings. But, man, I love that show. It's such a good show. Uh, but, yeah, you know, um, everything's coming back, though, for the most part at CW. So it's pretty crazy. But, again, not surprised, again, as we mentioned, because of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Every one of those shows is going to play a large, large role in that. Um, and then, again, on to the DC Universe streaming side, there is a new teaser for the second half of Young Justice is out there, if you want to check that out. In addition to it, uh, we have found out that Titans is indeed about to start filming. It's going to start filming season two, March 20th, and will continue filming until September 9th. So that is their filming window. Uh, but yeah, that is it for the news. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. I didn't even really see that much posted online either. So I must have missed it. A bu- I must have missed a bunch. Uh, I did, too. So that's all right. Uh, again, the TCA stuff was kind of news, not news, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, recommendations for this week before we do some plugs and we get out of here. Um I'll kick things off. The only thing I really had, well, you know what? Uh, I was going to do, because the screening I went to yesterday was for How to Train Your Dragon 3, which anybody who's a fan of that series, I highly recommend it. But you've got three weeks to wait before that movie even releases in theaters. It doesn't release until February 22nd. So the screening I went to was three weeks in advance, which sucks because I want to see it again. 
and I have to wait three weeks now. So I'm going to save that. That'll be a little bit later. Um, I'll use that in three weeks. My recommendation, if you haven't had the chance to play it already, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3. That's mine too. Kingdom Hearts 3 is super, super fun. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, beyond that too, uh, messed around a little bit with Smash Brothers Ultimate with Piranha Plant, who's a fun character. But yeah, beyond that though, yeah, Kingdom Hearts is going to uh, absorb the rest of my life until uh, I beat that game. And goddamn, that game is gorgeous and beautiful and there's so many great voice actors and actors that that are back in the mix there. The the level design is stunning. I've just had a big, dumb, goofy face on, on uh, smile on my face nonstop uh, playing that game. And yeah. it's funny because I've been waiting for that for such a long time. And I remember the first night I played it, I turned it on and I played it for about maybe two, three hours. Because, again, it was, I started got playing it a little later than I expected. My wife got home and she saw me playing and she's like, how is it? Are you having a, the best time? And I'm like, it doesn't feel real. This doesn't feel like a real thing. <laughs> I, like, it, it doesn't feel like this is actually my life. Like that this game is finally in my hands. It, it's it's one of those things when you just don't anticipate something ever coming out because it's just delayed and delayed and delayed. And then it comes out and you're like, they really did their homework and put out a great game, um, you know. Story confusion aside, it's it's because again, it's Kingdom Hearts. It's convoluted as fuck. I apologize for the language, but that's the only thing I can say. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. It's convoluted. Uh, but I, I think they do a really good job of tr- filling you in in interesting ways. They give you little pieces bit by bit and dole that out. There's a really great system in there that's like these five books that are like these little animated stories that really kind of take you through the series and do a decent job of it. Yeah. So, uh, but thoroughly enjoying it myself. I am too. Uh, you know what? The other recommendation I'm going to make too, um, and I know you're going to touch on this a little bit, but um, you know what? To anybody who doesn't really listen on a regular basis, I, I want to encourage you to go and listen to uh, our your past episode of this this most recent episode of Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. Um, because it is a very serious topic that we actually go into this time. I was very proud of that episode. We, very, very proud. We all very often like we, you know, the the films of Mel Brooks and and Disney movies and musicals and stuff like that. And you know, those are episodes are always a lot of fun. But yeah, the, we this episode we go into toxicity and fandom, and it was a pretty serious topic for us to discuss. And we hit a lot of great notes. And to anybody. I mean, we experience toxicity and fandom on this element with DC stuff and, and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I I highly recommend it if you if you listen to other podcasts. If you haven't listened to Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, um, go over and listen to this one because this one is. Uh, you know what? I know it's your podcast and you're you're proud of it, but I was proud to be a part of this one too. Yeah, I, we had a we had a great great cast we we hit on a lot of major points and you know like i said a, a lot of us even fessed up to being toxic fans at times i too. know i and, did uh yeah i mean like i did as well i mean like i said it, and you know i think it's kind of interesting when you bring it up and it also gives you guys a little bit of perspective on where we're coming from when we do the show we actually talk a lot about um what goes into have to hosting a show like this and what we feel that we are responsible to do so we we do talk a lot about uh, Ben and I get a chance to at least take about five or ten minutes where we talk about DC primetime um, and very specifically what it's like to have to host a show like this on a weekly basis and how that we know we have to kind of be stewards for a positive community, even if we're angry. 
Yeah. Um, and it's it, there's a lot of challenges to that. And I think our good friend Paul Williams can attest to that, too. Uh, when he was doing Bats, Bows, and Books, uh, and now at What Looks Behind Podcast Zero. Uh, anybody that's a host of any of these shows, or if you're a creative and your name is out there, what it's like for any of us. But in addition to it, just being a fan in a community. And one of the things that we really push in into this is, in addition to talking about some of the toxic fan communities, how to deal with them. Uh, and that's, I think, the big takeaway is how to diffuse and how to heal. And um, I was, again, everybody that uh, was part of it, um, really blown away with. And again, if you haven't listened to the show because you're like, oh, the audio quality is a little rough around the edges and it's difficult to listen to, not in this episode. No, uh, this is new equipment. brand new equipment. Uh, it's crystal clear. It's the quality that you hear on the show. Um, so I really urge you to check it out. Uh, I, I, ben, I really appreciate you for the recommendation on that. Uh, and I really appreciate you being a part of that episode. But this is not the last of heavy, heavy topic episodes. I know we're going to do stuff about uh, body positivity in, in, in geekdom um, is going to be a big one. We're going to talk about this year too. Uh, I know next, next one will, will be a much lighter, but this was, uh, this was, this was, we felt responsible to, to try to start doing more things like this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So no, I just, I wanted to bring that up too. Cause I want to encourage people. I want to encourage our listeners to, to check that out as well. So, uh, all right, let's throw out some cheap plugs and then we can uh, we can get back to Kingdom Hearts because I know that's what we're both probably going to be doing today. Uh. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, you can check out this podcast as well as all other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, nextlevelradioonline.com, which that website will be changing uh, sometime in the next couple months. I'm exploring because it's no longer radio. Uh, now it's, po- it's all podcasts. It started... It started as an online radio station, and now it's all, it's all it's a podcast network. So that website will be changing. But for now, nextlevelradioonline.com, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. Uh, you can follow us here on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash dcprimetime. Keep an eye out for those feedback posts, uh, and we encourage you to leave your feedback for the episodes as we post them. Uh, as you saw this week, we actually used some of the comments, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, and last but not least, follow us on social media. Instagram and face uh, Instagram and Twitter at DC primers. Uh, as for me, you can always find me at next level radio online.com through the caffeine crew cast of pods. As Ben mentioned, the uh, episode 51 toxicity and fandoms just went up uh, just a couple days ago. I think it was available on Friday. Uh, so I, I got closer, got it on the first, <laughs> so, uh, but we, we will be pushing very hard uh, to keep with the pacing this year. I'm very excited for the next one too. The next one will be, cartoons of the 80s and 90s that we'll be uh, recording probably in about three weeks. Yeah, I'm so excited super, for that one too. Super excited for that one. And again, that'll be out very much at the, the end of the month, if not on the first. So I think I'm going to try my best to to get things hitting consistently in timelines. So cool. uh, so pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, um, also good special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Please go over to his page, check out his works. We thank him each and every week the music you get to hear on this podcast uh check out his soundcloud and uh support him any way that you can uh beyond that um quick 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 last minute update uh, because i almost forgot we do have the samples for the jerseys in ben just needs to come over when he gets some opportunity this week to check him out get his opinions but um i, I i'm pretty much locked in mind where i think uh now it's just uh ben checking his out we're gonna put our sample orders in and we'll have more news for you guys, hopefully by the end of February. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Between jerseys and now the Primer Awards, um, I'm excited. 
Uh-huh. A, lot of, a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, I want to throw a quick shout out too before we wrap up to our friend Brian Roll uh, over at OdysseyArt.net. Odyssey um, he does these subscription services every year. And I know uh, the first year was the Arrowverse and, and the entire Arrowverse. This year was the Marvel Infinity Wars and the Marvel Universe uh, in which we both got this year. Uh, he's this is he's entering into year three for this um this subscription based service uh, and this year is all the world of Harry Potter, so I know there's a ton of Harry Potter fans out there. If you're interested in checking that out, it's a hundred, it's a hundred and twenty dollars for a year. You get four quarterly shipments, but each shipment you get I think is well between everything that you get into it is well over like a hundred and fifty dollar value. So you're getting about like almost like $600 worth of art from Brian for $120. And I think if you sign up now, you get $20 off, so it's only $100. Um, but odysseyart.net is where you can check that out, and I, I want to send people his way to, to get more people on board for that subscription service, because it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, but other than that, uh, again, no Supergirl this week, so Flash and Arrow next week are the only, or this week are the only two new episodes. Uh, We'll be talking about them next week, and maybe we'll figure something else out. Who knows? But until that time, we'll see you guys down the bend. Take care. Peace.